This month, Streaming Things is brought to you by Chester Copperpot, Jillian Morgan, Aaron Layton, Ghost, Andrew Gray, Casey McCain, Crystal Trujillo, Emmy, Jeanette Murphy, Enza, Jen Robinson, John Collins, Kalisha Reeves, Kate, Kiki Newton, Stanton, and Valerie. Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things Special Edition. You have been chosen. Mm. Kate, <laughs> fable patron of our podcast, has earned their right to dictate that we watch a movie. That's the part of the rewards of the Through tier. combat, she has earned this right. <laughs> hard fought and hard won. Uh, and she chose The Burbs, the 1989 cult classic. And we just finished watching it, and uh, now we're going to talk about it like we do. I think it was both I really of your- like how you just succinctly laid that out for everybody. Mm-hmm. Was that well done? Number one, it. we're going to watch it. Number two, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Number three, profit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think hopefully. Six seasons in a movie? <laughs> So both of you guys had never seen is that a community reference. Only, it's the only one I know. Hey, all right. <laughs> Neither of you had ever seen the movie before. Is that correct? That is correct. Correct. I didn't even know what it was about. You guys dodged bullets. I feel like, I mean, this movie was on TV running constantly when I was a kid and it actually mm. used to terrify me. Really? Yeah. There are story. parts of it that I could see being spoopy if you're like, you know, five years old. Yeah. Like, you know, when you're a kid, it wasn't yeah, like a little bitch. <laughs> yeah, I could see you being scared if you're like a little bitch. <laughs> like, Mom, Tom Hanks is on TV again. Like the ginger with the chops and he's yeah. all dirty and he's got the like tank top and the suspenders. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I can't go to sleep tonight. Yeah. And then Bruce Dern. Yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> Carrie Fisher scares me. Yeah. So it was directed by Joe Dante and written by Dana Olson. And of course, it stars Tom Hanks, Bruce Dern, Carrie Fisher, mm, the fish, Corey Feldman, classic 80s star. And then uh, Rick, I've seen his face in a thousand things, but I never knew his name was Rick DeCumman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you pronounce that? I don't know. Uh, Henry Gibson, of course, is in this film as well. So it's got a, an all star. Uh, the garbage man that I was trying to place, by the way, his name is Dick Miller. So old classic Dick, just moving the garbage around. Oh, that's where I knew the other garbage man was. So the guy that wasn't Dick Miller the whole time, like, who the fuck is that? Who the fuck Robert is that? Robert Picardo? Yeah, it's Robert Picardo. He plays- uh, Star Trek. It, he's in Star Trek. Yeah, he's, okay. on, he's the doctor on Voyager. The whole time I was like, I know who that is, but he was like wearing glasses and it threw me. He's also in- uh, Another a, Star he's Trek. He's in First shit. Contact. Yeah. As, I guess, the same character, but same a holographic character. version. Well, that character is a holograph. Hologram. Oh, it always is. It's yeah. It's it's the the I forget the it's 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 an acronym, but he's like the special hologram doctor. Whenever there's like not a real doctor on call, like they it's use funny. That. He's he's credited as holographic doctor on First Contact, but yeah, the doctor on Voyager, right? Because uh, in First Contact, it's a separate instance of. A ho- that hologram. It's not the same hologram from Voyager. Uh, in first contact. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'm embarrassed for you that you didn't know that. <laughs> I love that his real name is Picardo. And I'm right. Picard. Decumin was in. Hoisted uh, by his own Picard. <laughs> Decumin was in. Uh, dude, I was trying to place him so hard. He was in Groundhog Day. 
Groundhog Day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a classic 80s film that we were happy to watch. I'm so glad you guys got to watch it for the first time. What did you think, Steve? Your first viewing of The Burbs. Uh, I thought it was it was fun. Uh, so, I, I've always been aware of this movie. I've known it's existed. I've seen the poster a million times. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I would go to like Blockbuster or Hollywood Video when I was a kid. And you would see the Burbs VHS or DVD now cover uh, just, it was always there. So I, I, I had an idea in my head what this movie was. It was not at all what I thought. This yeah, movie same. Was. It did not Big turn same. out how I pi- pictured it in my mind this whole time. The, something about the poster art made me think it was like a mad scientist or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it's like this kind of is he, he's like in this, like, like power pose looks like he's getting shocked or something. And it's like this uh, hero shot, like angled up at him. Uh, but yeah, same. I, uh, had seen the artwork and that, that was it. And then I just assumed what it was about and I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great though. I thought it was super funny and I can see why it's a cult classic for sure. I just assumed it was sort of like almost like Tom Hanks moved into the burbs and like everyone in his neighbor was crazy. And mm-hmm. he was the only one that was like, everyone's crazy here. I got to fix me against the burbs. But no, I did not expect to have him to, to have such like a core group of characters to, to back him up. And- he is the burb. Yeah, he's the burb. <laughs> I thought it was great. That's such a cool way to introduce uh, a series of fun characters. Just like all the guys at the end of the cul-de-sac, you know, yeah. they, they're, they're real uh, like enclosed people. They're very clicky. And uh, th- th- that's just how, how life is uh, in, in real life too. Like uh, the neighbors at the top of the street at our cul-de-sac were all like, they were their own little click. And then the rest of the street just did their own thing. But I hate cul-de-sacs. Yeah. People are weird. Naked women. <laughs> <laughs> Only one way out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, this yeah. movie like definitely like plays on a fear of my own as, as like a modern person where I'm like, I don't ever talk to my neighbors. I will, I will fucking walk through glass before I talk to Yeah, I identified <laughs> most with the Klopex yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Famously, don't talk to any of my neighbors. I get along with my, my neighbors fine. Yeah, Andy's a neighborly guy. Andy yeah. grew up in the suburbs. I mean, this is his... I've never really been, and I wouldn't even call where I live now a suburb because it's a pretty like busy thoroughfare street, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely nobody. I've never like talked to somebody while they do their lawn care. You know what I mean? I, I don't even see them do it. I assume they do it. I hate yeah. it when people do that to me. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was happening to me the other day. I so. have my headphones in and my, my neighbor Gary comes out some, sometimes he feeds my dogs. Uh, and I always just kind of smile and wave and then, I have my headphones in. So I'm, I give it that, like the, ah, I can't hear you. <laughs> Not about to take these out. I, I do that. Oh, I'm honestly jealous that that works. <laughs> Look at this situation I'm in. <laughs> Dang it. They're, really, in, they're in again. <laughs> my, when I, my first house I moved into in like 2015, I, uh, my sister bought me a, she called it a lawnmower as a housewarming gift, but it was really just one of those push mowers that had like the, oh, the spinny blades. blades. Yeah. Those are so dope though. Uh, fucking no, they're not. They're not. <laughs> that thing is was fucking useless. The first time I tried to use it, I'm like pushing around the yard and nothing's getting cut, and I'm just like struggling to push it and everything. And fucking every neighbor had to walk by, like, you mowing your lawn? <laughs> <laughs> After like the tenth one, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not mowing my goddamn lawn. <laughs> is that you putting on the headphones so you don't have to talk to them? Oh, it's me. Yeah, and then they would they would, they would ask that. I would say, ha ha ha. And then they would reply with, is that a lawnmower? (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's how we are. 
the, the burbs, baby. Yep. Uh, directed by Joe Dante, as I said, which uh, I guess you, you could have gotten an idea of the tone of the movie if you looked at his filmography. He directed The Gremlins from 1984. Wonderful. Oh, um, what else did he do? I he hope did, someone picks that. He did The Howling as well. I don't know if that counts as much of a horror comedy. It's been a while since I've seen that. Um, and then the writer, <laughs> Dana, the writer, she's a friend of mine, Dana Olson. <laughs> <laughs> she wrote uh, George of the Jungle. The nice. With uh, Brendan Fraser from 1997. Oh, yeah. And uh, Dana's a man. Inspector. Oh, did he? <laughs> Dana the guy? Like Dana. <laughs> Dana Carvey. <laughs> like Dana Carvey. <laughs> I was like, how forward thinking of the 80s. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, that, that one's he, on you. And he wrote, <laughs> I just wanted to believe. Yeah, right. And he wrote uh, Inspector Gadget as well. Dana's a man. In, in, your, in your mind, it was this really cool woman who's writing screenplays in the 80s and probably related to the yeah, Olsen twins. Her and Pauline Kael hanging out, just running the fucking world, just yeah. snorting cocaine <laughs> off male hookers' butt cheeks. Good for her. <laughs> like you do. Yeah. You know, everything was gender swapped. Um, <laughs> I don't know. This is off the rails pretty quick. <laughs> anyway, I always love this movie. And I, uh, <laughs> I forgot my notes. I'll be honest with you guys. I've been stalling for a good you forgot bring your notes? notes. Oh, I got them. They're in the living room. <laughs> Go get them. <laughs> I've been stalling. At some point, they might just appear. It's cool. <laughs> this fucking guy. We've been doing this show how long? And he forgets his notes and thinks he can just get away with it? <laughs> Well, I want to know what the fuck was he stalling for? Like they were just going to appear at somewhere. Ah, like, oh, yeah, that's what I wrote down. You would have had, you would have run it. Hello, everyone. Chris has joined us again. Uh, you would have like as soon as we got into the recap. What were you? What was the plan? So what the was the starts. plan? Oh, I knew I had to Steve, get him. Take it away. <laughs> I knew I had to get him at some point. I just wasn't sure when or how. You know what I mean? Oh, this may be one of my top favorite moments of the show ever. <laughs> I forgot yeah. my notes. I've been stalling. <laughs> so the movie opens with the Universal logo. The movie's not well well, well reviewed. Uh, it's got like a 49 Metascore, I think. Mm. But that's the definition of a cult classic. It's not initially successful. What was uh, Tom Hanks' oeuvre up to this point? That's a real well, this was 89, question. right? So he, yeah, so he'd already done big and splash, uh, I would assume. Let's what, find out. Let's find out. One of the things I always think about when it comes to Tom Hanks is there was an interview with, yeah, big was the year before. Um, there was an interview with Chris Rock, and Chris Rock was like, somebody asked Chris Rock, who, who, who is the funniest person you've ever worked with? And he was like, Tom Hanks. I'm so mad at the film industry for making Tom Hanks do nothing but drama films. Because he's the funniest motherfucker alive. Really? Yeah, he was funny as hell in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, so he did big, a movie called Punchline I've never heard of. Oh, um, did Dragnet. That's cool. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> a baseball movie I've never My seen. Is that Friday. a baseball movie? I don't know. I carry Oh, yeah, The Money Pit, of course, from 86. That was a that was a hit. Um, Splash, of course, 1983. He was on Happy Days? So he, he wasn't a huge star yet. I mean, he had done three big movies that at least three that I've seen. That's it. All right. Which brings us to the burbs. He was a star on the rise, baby. One thing that stood out to me on this watch throughout, I've never watched this um, with like a, 
a critical eye. I, you know, I watched this movie. I think I showed it to my son about a year ago. I told you about that when Mason went through that phase when he was eight, where he wanted to watch classic Tom Hanks films all the hmm. time. My kid's really funny, man. Like he went through a phase where he's like, I just, I just want to watch the burbs again, or I want to watch uh big, you know, he just liked older Tom Hanks movies, uh, league of league of their own. That's watch, what I want to watch. Dad. Watch bosom buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Turner and Hooch <laughs> pop it on Papa. <laughs> okay. So we watched the, That's the last time I watched it. But anyway, uh, the, the score by Jerry Goldsmith, uh, I think is phenomenal. Dare I say it slaps. Dude, it was so bad. At some point you were like, is this the Lord of the Rings score? And it sounded like it. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. <laughs> the trees are strong, my lord. <laughs> Looks like meets back on the menu bars. Uh, there's a, a part at the beginning and the score is kicking in and it kind of like, I wanted to rap over it. Do you know what I'm saying? I made a, a remark early on. I think it was shortly after Bruce Dern's character was introduced, but there was like this little beat in the background to the, anyway, fucking, I had to look it up because I thought it might be Danny Elfman. That's how good it was. It does ring like a Danny Elfman. Song, yeah, yeah. I thought so. I was like, is this Danny Elfman? It's not. It's Jerry Goldsmith. All right, Jerry. Popular musician in his own right. He did the score for the Omen. I know that. Uh, Annie Hoosel. Uh, <laughs> The, just because he had access to an organ. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> the movie opens up with uh, what cannot be due to the time period, a drone, uh, but is, is like a drone. Do you think it was an old school helicopter? Or do you think they did it? They faked it. They couldn't have faked it. Right. I think uh, it started out as like a model shot and then of like, the globe. Yeah. But, it but once it gets into the town to a, uh, what do you call that? Pedestal or whatever. They're a crane shot. A cranny boy? You think it was just a cranny boy? Classic cranny boy. Yeah. Just real high up. Okay. A big but yeah, crane. My first note was drone shot before drones were a thing. <laughs> yeah. I said drone E shot because I knew it wasn't a drone. Uh, and then the score kicked up. I, I took notes of that. There's lights on in the basement. So we get to see the, the creepy house of the Clopex. It kind of focuses in on that as it's going around the suburbs. You see how different that house is in particular. There's no lawn. Everyone else is all spruced up. Uh, you see what I think is Bruce Dern as Mr. Rumsfeld smoking in the window. Just kind of looking at things, right? Is that the yeah. idea? Was that him? Rumsfeld okay. was watching him, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, you, you see Tom Hanks as Ray Peterson traversing uh, outside of the night, trying to look, spy on his creepy neighbors. And that's how we're introduced to the neighborhood. Like everybody's kind of not trusting uh, of this house. I love and, how he puts his foot like over the property line and then all of a sudden like a big gust of wind yeah. kicks up and- it, it really gives the that property a sort of like a supernatural feel to it right mm -hmm. off the bat, which yeah. is fun. Yeah, super super creepy. And there's and the, lights glowing under the crawl space and stuff. It's sweet. And the this the dirty no nothing worse in the suburbs than an unkempt lawn. Mm -hmm. Fucking disgusting. You never want to be that neighbor. I in am a suburb. I am little baby Chris is like hey. We, <laughs> there we, no grass. we planted uh, like clover and weeds and stuff because I have two dogs. So like the lawn's never going to look good. And like they're, they're big, they're young, they, they run fast, they poop a lot. Mm. It's like uh, Bruce Stern's character in this movie in the dog Queenie. Queenie. Except I got two Queenies, two big Queenies. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the, then the scene changes. It's the next morning. The paper boy is on his route. Paper what, boy. What's more quintessentially suburbs? 
than the paper boy. I ask you. That every, everyone hates. No. <laughs> everyone hates the paper boy? Everyone hates the paper boy. He almost boy. hits Tom Hanks. Oh, you mean like in this movie or this, in general? Oh, in this movie, everyone hates the paper boy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like he, he, he hits Tom Hanks with his paper and Tom Hanks and he just, just tries, tries to throw coffee. his hot coffee at this child. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Bruce Dern at one point is like, I fucking hate that kid. He says something along those lines. Yeah, he's straight out of Nam. Uh, yeah, hits him with uh, the paper. We get to see Corey Feldman. You can't have an 80s movie without Cor- one of the uh, the Feldmeister. Yeah, you can't. Can. Yep. One of the Corys has to be in it. And, and he's, you know what? I was honestly kind of shocked that he was in it. I did not expect That's the only way they it. got movies greenlit yeah. until 1990. You'd you go to the studio, you'd give them a script. They'd say, I like it, but uh, tell me uh, which 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 Corey is going to be in this mm-hmm. movie and which character. Uh, we didn't uh, have a part written for Corey. Get out of here. Get out of here. I don't have the funding for any of this trash. <laughs> now you put a Corey in, maybe we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> and Bruce fucking Dern. I got it. Let me, let me ask you guys something. And I, I kind of put the cart before the horse there. I kind of led the witness there. Which wh- Bruce fucking Dern. What's your, <laughs> that is the answer. Who's your favorite character in this movie? Oh, who's my favorite oh. character in this movie? Cause mine's Mr. Rumsfeld. Oh, mine's mine was Ricky. Ricky Butler. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman yeah. I'm probably would go with Ricky as well. Two Rickies and a Rumsfeld. He's like, he throws parties and like, he doesn't want to go Pizza to the movies dude. with his girlfriend. He's like, no, let's sit on the he porch. He watches the suburbs. Watch if I was in this movie, I would be Ricky where yeah. I would be, get the lawn chairs out, honey. We're watching. What are the dumb neighbors doing tonight? <laughs> this is better than TV. I'd be Ricky's <laughs> lame friend. Pizza. <laughs> that hey man, we're going to make these. You get this lame off your lawn. Yeah, I just think Bruce Dern does such a phenomenal John a job in this movie. Uh, he's such a, a killer, memorable character. He's hilarious because mm-hmm. like, his whole shtick is that he's this aged, you know, Vietnam vet, but he's really not militaristic or capable in any way whatsoever. No. Like he's just on the roof eating animal crackers with all that equipment and shit, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's just a funny. There's so much like subtlety to the script. Uh, Dana, God love her. I think she did a good job <laughs> <laughs> writing this movie. Just I want to believe like there's a scene early on where art, you know, his whole shtick is he's just like this, uh, interloping wife, hating hungry man. Uh, and he's eating everything in the, in the Peterson's kitchen. And, but he grabs the dog food accidentally yeah. as, uh, Carrie Fisher's walking by. Yeah. And then it, it's never remarked on or anything. He just kind of makes a face and swallows it. And, and the scene carries on. There's a lot of like little tiny things like that, that I really appreciate. Um, but anyway, uh, he's, he, he's out in his lawn. Uh, Mrs. Rumfeld comes out. My second favorite character. Holy shit. <laughs> Mrs. Rumfeld does it yeah. for me. I'm not going to lie. Maybe want to move lady. to the suburbs. Uh, and then Queenie's out there shitting on his lawn. He immediately steps in it. Even though Ricky Butler tries to stop him. And Bruce Dern does this like. Ricky's just like, he is carrying paint. He spills it all over a speaker yeah. and then starts playing air guitar. It's like, all right, I love this guy. What does Ricky do for a living? <laughs> he owns that house, right? Is that what we're supposed to assume? Yeah, that's I, his place. He's a grown was man in this place? movie. Oh, no, I thought that he was like, that was his parents' house. I think he's just the owner. I mean, he's and I th- so when Art was like drinking beers with him on the porch, I was like, that's hysterical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think he's a grown <laughs> he's man. Just drinking with the neighborhood kid. I don't know. I guess he's like an early... It's 1989, but he seems like a software engineer or something. Yeah. You know, he just works from home. <laughs> Came into early well, super early Bitcoin adopter, yeah. maybe. <laughs> he invented decades Bitcoin. before it. he's Satoshi or whatever. <laughs> uh, I just wonder what he does for a living. But so Bruce Stern does this like limp. He limps around for like 20 minutes after he steps in the poo. Like he doesn't want to track the poo. Uh, no, you don't want to do that on it's the everywhere. street. 
No, it, yeah, it gets everywhere. It, he probably also, I know as a dog owner who has stepped in poo. Sure. Uh, I don't think you have to be I a dog owner. I also don't want to like step on it more because I don't want it to get into the grooves of my shoe. Oh, so he didn't want to press the poo into his shoe yeah, treads, which yeah. is why he was limping. Yeah. I get it. But he had to get across the street to, to scream at Walter. Right. Can we get the impression that Queenie does this a lot? He's trained Queenie to poop in yeah. Rumsfeld's yard. Yeah, because he 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 has the best yard on the block. So the only competition he has is Rumsfeld, because Rumsfeld clearly cares and he's trying to get it, get his yard up, but he can't because the dog keeps pooping in it. And he was just out there doing his morning routine, trying to hang his automated, you know, f- flag on his automated flagpole. Hmm. You see that you press the button and it just rose itself. I did not notice that. Pretty lazy pretty for, for a patriot, I got to say. <laughs> uh, and then we find out some things. The new neighbors have been there for about a month. The Clopex have been there for about a month and already they've killed the grass. And the house looks like it's uh, been unkempt for a century. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's just the vibe of the movie. Yeah, you can't have a creepy house with a well-kept lawn. No, or even like a half-kept lawn. A nice house wouldn't give the same vibe. Yeah, you need to have the Creole house mm-hmm. uh, from Stranger Things. That's true. <laughs> They nailed that vibe. Yeah, you vacuumed it up in there. I think I think I did see something that that was the old Munster's house. Really? I think I'm trying to find that out again. If that if I misread that or not, I'll I'll you know. And so that, we'll circle back. We'll circle back. Circle back. And that's when we see that Art's outside uh, with the gun, trying to shoot the the crows. And we I guess we can infer that the crows have showed up because of the Clopex, right? It's like, oh, I didn't think we had crows in this neighborhood. Like that's oh, the vibe I was getting. Okay. Uh, okay. And he's, his wife's out of town. He's grateful for that because he's that kind of guy. And he comes in, are you guys eating breakfast? And he almost shoots Ray and then comes in and starts eating all his food. <laughs> and I don't know why uh, Mrs. Peterson, Ray, Carrie Fisher, she's whipping up a six course meal in there. I mean, there's she sausage, is. there's scrambled eggs, there's fried eggs, there's toast, there's French toast. I'm like, holy shit. They, they introduced something here that I thought was going to come back and it didn't. She's like, are you going to eat any of that? And he's like, no, my stomach's doing its thing again. And then like, there's just this wonderful breakfast that he's just, no, nah, I'm good. I thought, I thought the same thing, but also I think, so they set him up like this. He's a really anxious guy, which mm-hmm. is Tom Hanks is the perfect casting for that. Cause he does that whole, like, even when he's Woody, he's like, blah, 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 blah. like yeah. that's just whole thing. Uh, so he's like a nervous Nelly. He's on his vacation. He's never able to enjoy himself. She says repeatedly, like, don't do what you always do. You know, like you're going to start losing. It reminded me of me, mm. honestly, severe anxiety <laughs> issues. I, I identify with Ray Peterson a lot. Um, but then I think the stomach issue thing was just a comment about that. Some more anxiety. like, okay. he, oh, he's that got some sense. ulcers maybe, or he just never chills out, mm-hmm. never chills out. So when Art comes in, he starts eating breakfast. He like eats all of the food and then he goes to the fridge and he comes back with uh, it's like a lamb chop. He comes, oh, he, no, it's ribs. He comes back with like pork ribs, a pineapple and <laughs> something else and just sits back down at the table, like a whole ass pineapple. Yeah. Like it ain't cut or nothing. It's awesome. He's about to cut it up for him. <laughs> the house guest from hell. And then he gets in the fridge later at Walter's house and gets his, like, he's just how he is. Yeah. Um, so I, I pulled it up. Apparently, the the whole neighborhood is a is a universal lot that has been around for years. And uh, so Ricky's house was the house that they filmed the Munsters. Ricky's house was Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher lived at the house for Leave It to Beaver. Wow. And a lot of the other houses were also featured, but uh, most recently, according to IMDb, that set was used on 2004's Desperate Housewives. Of course, it was. Yeah, classic <laughs> yeah. Desperate Housewives. Mm. That's really neat, though. It kind of they're like, all right, we got these houses. What can we make? It's kind of the same vibe, like um, 
maybe it was a, a commentary. You know, those are all suburb shows. They are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just surprised that Ricky's the one living in the Munsters house. Yeah. Not, uh, the Klopex. Well, the Munsters were good folk. That's true. They were upstanding citizens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They paid their taxes. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Yeah. Herman became a judge. <laughs> uh, this is, we see more of Mrs. Rumsfeld. I think she's out in like her bikini thingy doing the lawn at this mm-hmm. point. Is that what this scene is? Yeah. Cause then Ricky's like, Hey, Mrs. Rumsfeld, no tan, no tan line. lines. <laughs> <That's> creepy. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, Mr. Rumsfeld's like, that's eh, fucking dude. Um, and that's when, he comes out, Hans. We find out later his name's Hans. But one of the Klopex comes out on the porch for the very first time. The entire cul-de-sac stops to look. And it's the kind of neighborhood where everybody's outside, like, doing shit at once. And this would, I would hate this neighborhood with a fiery passion. Yeah. And they, well, they do, like, uh, like horror zoom on the face of everybody watching Hans come out to get the paper. And it does the dog, Even Queenie, too. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so awesome. It's really good horror comedy. I think it is. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Uh, but yeah, everybody's aghast that he's finally on the porch and he doesn't look like he comes out a lot. I got to say, I got to say, nobody wants to say hello. Everybody's terrified. Uh, Art and Ray start arguing over who's going to say hi. You should go, go say hi to yeah, him. Yeah. Should, well, chance he's on your property line. I mean, he's my neighbor, but not really. If he wants to borrow something, he's going to talk to yeah, you. But, but you're just right chance? across the street. So I mean, <laughs> you're a neighbor too. So yeah, right. just as nice for you to go say hi to right. him. Better go say hi to him before he goes back inside. You're missing your chance. <laughs> and then it, all of a sudden he's inside all the way. He calls him a chicken. They realize other people are watching. Uh, and so you're and chicken down in front of your own son and Bruce Dern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause his kids like in the background with Ricky. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and so they go to each other and they're going up to the front porch and even like, uh, Mr. Rumsfeld, Bruce Dern's character, he's in the back. Like they're daring each other to <laughs> ring the doorbell and his wife's like, Hey, who gives a fuck what's going on right now? And like, that's the theme of all the, the, the women in this movie is they're constantly like aghast that their husbands won't just mind their own business. Right. Um, so they ring the doorbell or they try to uh, a hive of bees leaps out at them. Well, I guess they don't leap. They fly. Cause they're bees. Yeah. <laughs> the bees are like, ah! they spring forth. They also, when they knock on the door, the, the, the number of the house switches over to six, six, six. Yeah. Um, I guess it was six, six, which, nine before I, yeah. and art I, falls through uh, which, like a broken board on the port. Yeah. A little bit of trivia. Six, six, six is actually the number of the beast. <laughs> oh shit. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch yeah. that the, reference of the beast of the beast. The a beast. little bit of trivia there. <laughs> didn't, I didn't, I don't want to scare you guys with that okay. trivia. You but are uh, digging up some deep pools there, Steve. According to IMDB, these are the facts. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I don't know why I have this written down here. Let me try to remember why I have Southeast Asia in quotes. Oh, the, uh, um, Bruce Stern Southeast was... Asia, we call this kind of thing bad karma. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they're running from the bees at that moment. It's like, what? What does that even mean? Yeah, see, yeah Bruce Stern sprays him off with the hood. Run what, to the water. That's what, Follow the sound of my voice. He's a man of action. That's why I like Bruce Stern's character. He <laughs> yeah. tries to help. He does forget how long the hose is and get jerked back into the, what I think is the dog shit. Um, but it's still, you know, he tried and he wasn't, he wasn't wrong. It got the bees off. He's a man of action. I think it got him. I think it got him run fouled. He's got, uh, art's got one in his mouth. Uh, and the next scene. Oh, apparently Rumsfeld's first name is Mark. He even goes by Rumsfeld in the movie. I know, but it's like a IMDb. He's Mark. They got all the damn trivia. I'm calling him Rumsfeld. Yeah. Yeah. Rumsfeld's better. Actually, I'm calling him, uh, 
the husband to Mrs. Rumsfeld. I'm calling. Yeah. yeah he's my head cannon is that his name is Mrs. Rumsfeld's side piece. Yes. Mm-hmm. She goes where she will in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. She's a damn woman. She's the real queenie. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the next scene is, I think when uh, Ray is smoking cigars with mm-hmm. Art and Ricky and they're out there drinking beers and shit. Right. Uh, and, and the implication there is that he's not allowed to smoke cigars, but he goes out there to hide from his wife. Yeah. I don't buy that. Cigars are very stinky. Yeah. You, you don't get away with well, smoking he, a cigar. He had said that, uh, and he had told his wife, he yeah, was going to well, smoke he was a couple like, cigars. I'm drink a couple hundred beers, maybe smoke a couple cigars and like kind of peeked at her Outside. when he said it. Like, oh, okay. You know, I know I'm not supposed to, but I'm on vacation. I can, I, right? I do be blazing these spliffs. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and so then when he Straight goes back blazing. in, he's like, I wasn't gonna, but they were like, Hey man, here's a lighter. You should smoke one. Yeah. They pressure me, darling. Yeah. Uh, there is a theme in this movie where he's basically a kid and she's his mom. There's yeah. A, a, one scene in particular that's hilarious. She's out there smoking cigars. This is when we get the long story that Art tells uh, about a, a previous incident in that, not that neighborhood, but that town where uh, a guy named Skip, I think, he was like yes, an ice Skip. cream salesman, soda fountain guy who was a, a killer, killed his whole family with an ice pick. And that was discovered, let him rot in the sun. Uh, and that sets the whole tone for the movie. That's what really gets inside Ray's head and starts him thinking that his neighbors are murdering people. And, and Ricky is is really invested in the story as well. Uh, and then he scares Ray. Ricky does. And Ray gets uh, offended and goes inside. I'm going to go do something productive and watch TV. Hell yeah. And TV was not fun to watch in the 80s and early 90s. Hey, man, he and his wife were like playing Jeopardy. They were playing yeah, Jeopardy, man. Fun. I mean, that, that looked fun. That's that when fun. you did it. That's I, when you watched TV was when Jeopardy was on. <laughs> you got to check the they TV had, guide. They had their own little notepads. They were keeping score. You know what I mean? They, all the TVs had like the dial turners and it just, it was, it was gross, man. It's not good memories. It gross. Not good memories. What do what you got? You putting TV, on those you, dials. You, you ain't washing your hands before you use the TV. I'm turner. not saying literally gross. I'm just saying like you get seven or eight channels. The picture's not even that clear. You got to have like the bunny eared antenna things. It's not a good time. But you're hanging out with Carrie Fisher watching Jeopardy. That would be amazing. <laughs> That'd be so dope. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh my God. What I wouldn't give to play, to hang out with Carrie Fisher and watch Jeopardy. Watch Jeopardy. And Just Carrie Fisher, not the character. She you plays, couldn't Carol drag Peterson. me away from Carrie Fisher while we're watching Jeopardy. And he just gets up with dumbass art. I, mean, I know. Seriously. What was the question he tried to answer? It was like, what a uh, famous holiday comes after George Washington's birthday. And then he's like, no, it's birthday. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and then she said, no, they're on the same weekend now. Yeah. They weren't, she wasn't any brighter. I didn't follow that at all. <laughs> That's what I mean about these subtle little jokes that you don't have to get until like your eighth watch. I didn't yeah. see him eat that dog food for like the first 10 times I watched this movie. Um, I think I saw it for the first time when I watched it with Mason, but yeah, so that's what it gets in his head. He's out there. Uh, um, why do I have Butler watches the hood with Gail? Oh, Ricky Butler is out there surveying the neighborhood. <laughs> I got my notes are hood. bamboozling sometimes with, with, his, with his girlfriend, his Gail. girlfriend, Gail. She's yeah. like, take me to a movie. Let's go on a date. And he's like, no, this is the date. This is the movie. He just loves watching this the neighborhood the best show in town. <laughs> Butler watches the hood with Gail. I was like, <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> I used to be a fucking professional at this. You still are. I take my stranger things notes. Bing, bang, boom. Never, never miss a beat. Hey, you know, every professional has a rough day. I'm sure Johnny Carson walked into the studio one day and said, you know what? I forgot my notes. And they walked back and we're doing it live. We're doing it live. (laughs) You pulled a limbaugh on us. Uh, And then the guys are all spying. Uh, The the garage 
um, there's a brownout because whatever they're doing in the basement, there's this loud noise that they all have to cover their ears. Some, some, some combustion, right? So would, wouldn't you say Andy, some combustion yeah, occurs? Things were combusting <laughs> yeah, they're, and they're, they're using a night vision scope to try to spy on them. Yeah. Infrared. Scope me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why did he say that? And then Such me. a dork. <laughs> It starts raining and they all have to, they, well, first the garage door opens and the car drives out and it turns out it's Hans who's driving 15 feet to put some garbage in the front can. Who amongst us hasn't done that when it's cold outside? And then beat know? the shit out of it with a shovel. Uh, it was a hoe. Oh, okay. Thank you. He hoed the for fuck show. out of that garbage. For show. For show. I'm hitting that for show. <laughs> Enjoy fucking jewels. <laughs> well, I will. Sorry. What about these garbage cans? I know I'm just knocking the 80s right now, but I don't have any good memories of my childhood. Those things didn't have any fucking wheels on them. <laughs> the bottoms were all rusted out. They didn't have the attached lids. Did you ever have to use this? Like, oh, yeah. Stereotypical cans? Terrible. Yep. Yep. I lived in an apartment. I didn't have to, but just thinking about it makes me <laughs> icky. <laughs> just thinking about it. I had it. a big dumpster. Really grinds your my, gears. You have a big <laughs> rust ring in your driveway where the garbage really? can has to sit. Yeah. But you had to literally carry them too. Like there was no wheeling. Yep. So. You had a big heavy can. Mm-hmm. And you had the kind of family where you're, that was probably like your chore. It was huh? my chore. It was. <laughs> Let the boy take it out. <laughs> that's why we had him. That's why That's why Hans is doing it, right? Right. Same thing. Yeah, and he's don't, mad about it. That's why he drove. Yeah. And you don't deserve the hoe. <laughs> you take it out with your hands. <laughs> And don't you come back in here till you put it against the street. <laughs> Squish it down. I did. I did like the little uh, the uh, the little sound effect of the Millennium Falcon noise. The weir, 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 was that weir. literally the same sound? You think? Yeah, it's a. It's so it's famously used for the Millennium Falcon whenever the Millennium Falcon doesn't ignite or yeah, if it fucks up. How spaceships do things. Yeah. But it's actually a, a uh, an airplane. A what do you call that? A prop. Propeller? Uh, propeller plane failing is that mm-hmm. is what the actual noise is. Uh-huh. But it's the I, that's how I know it. Whenever I hear that movie, I'm like, that's the Millennium Falcon noise. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what Steve said. That's the Millennium Falcon. And he pointed his little finger at it. And then they both looked at me and like, save the pussy for the rest of us, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, hogging it all up. <laughs> all that, all that pee. Uh, and then, yeah, so they're spying. Uh, it starts to rain as they're watching him put the garbage in. And they decide to call it a night. They can't go through the garbage in the rain. We'll go through it, the garbage the first thing in the morning. Uh, Rumsfeld looks and says, scope me, because the guy's holding the <laughs> scope. I can't believe he said that to this day. Scope me. And throughout the night, he sees him outside. Ray looks out his window and he sees like three little fucking gnomes in the backyard <laughs> digging in the backyard. They weren't like burlap sack hoods. Yeah, they're they're like little gnomes. Digging in the rain. It's bizarre. Um, in the daylight, the garbage men are already there. The garbies. Uh, is it Art that freaks out and starts going through the garbage first? Art calls them garbies. Hey, garbies, hey, stop. Garbies. <laughs> what are you crazy? Putting that garbage in the garbage truck? Yeah, that's what he says. What are you crazy? Putting the garbage in the garbage truck? Uh, he starts ripping all the garbage out, dumping it all over. One of the, the Picardo starts helping him dump the garbage on the ground. And he's like, hey, he told me to help people. I love how before that Picardo and them, he's talking about, you really need to see that guy. He's all about health crystals. And laying hands. And laying hands. <laughs> I really want to know. There's another movie here right. with these two Just garbage, the garbage guys. Men. And I really want it. <laughs> when they start going through the garbage, he's like, well, it is their constitutional right. It actually becomes public domain as soon as it hits the curb. And like, he's just like, yeah, you guys you go through the garbage. Is it really? Is that, do you think that's, I mean, this is a movie, right? But is that fact? I don't know. Honestly, I, know. I mean, people, when I, people go have, through my garbage, when I have li- something I want to get rid of, I put it out there and it's gone like right away. I'm yeah. Like, Sweet. Yeah. 
Yeah, like your so. last girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we never found her. Um, but I just mean, is it legal? Because people do go through my trash. I never stop them. I think it's illegal for them to like actually go into the can. I think. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Why are you asking me these things? I don't know. Maybe it's illegal for them to do that when. I want to know if Picardo knows what he's street. saying. I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. No, don't I'm, Google. I'm Googling it. Is it legal to go through people's trash? Is that what you're going to Google? Is it? Well, now I'm going to say Picardo knows what's up because he's. He seemed like an educated man. Mm-hmm. Plus, he was on Star Trek and he played the doctor. Yeah. Is that the kind of guy that just makes shit up? Yeah. I don't the think so. The doctor actor? The doctor actor? <laughs> I think not. He doesn't make things up. Hold on. Here we go. What's, what's the number one thing on Google? Mm-hmm. In fact, it is completely legal to go dumpster diving in the state of Kentucky. Hey! Woo! However, <laughs> keeping an eye on the trespassing laws of your state is a must. Since every business and private residency is considered private property, mm. dumpster diving without permission may lead to trespassing. Situations. But, so it's not the dumpster itself. It is the fact that you're on the property. And so as Picardo said, once the trash has reached the curb, yes, public property. Hey, man. Hey. Another man's treasure. He Don't mind me. He knew what was up. In the Supreme Court decision in 1988, California versus Greenwood, they found that dumpster diving and trash picking isn't illegal by itself. What did Greenwood do? (laughs) (laughs) That's in 88, a year before this movie was made. Inspiration for the birds. Oh, shit. (laughs) Huge case in California where movies are made. Oh, man. We dig deeper. Just like Art was digging in this trash. Let's get back to that. The other boys join him, right? So Rumsfeld runs out. He's wearing uh, camouflage undies. I'm sorry. I'm in a wormhole, and you all are Are coming. on the <laughs> I am. Apparently, recycling is off limits. You can't go through people's recycling. Oh, oh because you can sense. take the cans and sell them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's money, baby. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sorry. McDonald House would be out there getting all them Coke tabs. Interesting. Yeah. So if I wanted to hide a bunch of cash. And that recycling was according to the city of uh, Jacksonville ordinance. I would put it in the <laughs> recycling bin, not the trash. Yeah. I love these episodes where we learn things. <laughs> We're learning valuable information learning. and sharing that with our like uh, our listeners abroad yeah. in Belgium. We don't know if it's okay to go through Belgium trash. You ever wonder about Enza, the Kentucky stop. garbage instant laws? <laughs> Enza, we don't know if that applies where Enza, you're stop. at. We don't know. I haven't Googled that yet. Enza, no. Get on it, Steve. It's for her protection. Can uh, you <laughs> in Belgium? So yeah, and then we get this long scene with the garbage men, all three of them arguing over the trash. They're going through everything. Uh, clearly, they've hidden the bodies, is what the gang figures out. What's up, Steve? Update on Belgium trash diving. <laughs> I just googled, is it illegal to dumpster dive in Belgium? And the first thing came up is someone asking the exact same fucking question on the Belgium subreddit. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it is it is dumpster diving still illegal in Belgium? Oh, oh no. Shit. The number Green one Wood comment ain't made it over there yet. The number one comment is I don't see how it can be legal. You're likely trespassing and bins, dumpsters, containers, even garbage bags are private property, so it's technically theft. That's not true. Not in America, not in Kentucky <laughs> anyway. Enzo, I'm so glad we stopped you. Oh my gosh. Hold up. Enzo, you need some strong reform in Belgium. <laughs> strong garbage reform. And now a word from our sponsor. And this week, it's Wondery. Go deeper into the canals of Numenor, the mines of Khazad-dum, and more with the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast. Host Felicia Day. Felicia Day. Yeah. Otherwise known as nerd royalty. The queen herself. She's from Critical Role. She was in the Guild. She was in The Magicians. Supernatural. Dr. Horrible Mm Sing-Along. Dr. Horrible Sing-Along. Deep cut for only the coolest of cools. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, she's the host, but also has special guests to provide 
provide an inside look at the groundbreaking series and what it took to bring Middle Earth to life. Each episode is a recipe for strong gravy. That's what Disa would say. She absolutely would. And features exclusive interviews with the series showrunners, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, including the very first full breakdown of the incredible season finale. Felicia also goes behind the scenes Mm. with the cast and crew to bring you jaw-dropping stories and Easter eggs you won't want to miss. We're talking Mithril. We're talking Elven lore, Valinor, maybe Numenorian. We don't know how deep they go. Hopefully not too deep. But you can listen listen to it greedily. Yeah, right. Please don't delve too deep. So rattle your dags, quick sticks, go (laughs) subscribe to that RSS feed. Do it now. Absolutely. Watch the Rings of Power on Prime Video and listen to all eight episodes of the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast for free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app now. <laughs> we cut to uh, Carol, played by Carrie Fisher, yelling at Ray, played by Tom Hanks. Uh, and this is like right before the garbage truck stuff. So they're having a big fight more about his nonsense. He's unable to relax. She wanted him to go to the lake to go to the cabin. He's like, and I'm again, I cannot identify more with Ray. I've had this exact conversation. Hey, I took five days off work. What are we going to do? We're going to go to Gatlinburg or something. No. That sounds fucking terrible. Yeah. I'm going to stay in my house with my vacation. Oh, that's stupid. That's not what a vacation is. What do you mean? Like, I'm with Ray 100% on this. Dude, same. When he was like, you got to drive all the way up there. I was like, fucking thank you. I don't want to (laughs) drive. I don't want to spend two of my days. You were already with him on that part. Dude, the moment he said that. But then the drafty cabin. Oh, fuck that. And the weird big headed drunk guy. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he said. (laughs) <laughs> the guy with the big head always gets drunk and falls over. <laughs> She's like, he's got a huffle of cheeks of us. Don't make fun of him. And I don't know what that disease is. I'm sorry to anyone who has it that's listening. <laughs> what disease was it? Huffle of cheeks of us. Is that what they really said? No. Oh. <laughs> I made that up. I was going to say, like, I think they made that up. Huffle <laughs> <laughs> of cheeks of us. It's like the world's lamest Pokemon. How, how would it sound, Steve? Puss, puss. <laughs> Why did he only say the puss part? Because they don't say their full names. Yeah. Yes, they do. Not all of them. Pika, pika, Pikachu. Well, she, she's got to work her way up to that. <laughs> okay. Anyways, Squirtle. Squirtle. The whole name. Whole name. Thank you. Dumbledore. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and then this is where the garbage man says that line. I hate cul-de-sacs. There's only one way in. And then he ends with naked ladies because he's looking at the always for the time scantily clad Mrs. Rumsfeld. Right. Which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's her prerogative. Mm-hmm. Sure. Layoff garbage Bonnie man. Bonnie can do what she wants. That's right. Is that her first name? Yeah. According to IMDb. Bonnie Rumsfeld. <laughs> it, was, it was Bonnie. Yeah. They, Mark they and Bonnie. Oh, they, they did say her name. Mark and Bonnie Rumsfeld. Uh, and then we cut to, I guess. Oh, it's when they get in the Walters house. Right. Because they, they. Bonnie finds Queenie all yeah, dirty Queen, looking. Queenie's up in the yard and she picks him up, picks her up, our queen, and then carries her <laughs> over to uh, Walter's house. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to go get you some food. Uh, and they realize Walter's not there. He's not answering the door. And that's weird. They didn't take Queenie with him. Um, so then they break into Walter's house. Like, um, 
Rumsfeld literally uses one of those like stereotypical like heist things that like magnet that goes to the window and then oh, yeah, yeah. cuts an outline or something. Anyway, that's how he got in. He breaks them all in. Art's literally fucking smoking a cigar, walking through this guy's house, going through the fridge, grabbing cookies. He tries to steal something uh, because he thinks he's dead. And Ray's like, don't steal stuff. Put that back. And he's like, what's the difference? It's going to go to an auction anyway in the yeah. flea market. And <laughs> it's completely heartless. Uh, Ricky's running around upstairs trying to find a body. It's a mess. Uh, then they break the, the plate with the Bonnie cookies. finds what she thinks is a dead rat, but nah, it's but actually Miss uh, Walter's toupee. It's the toupee on the oven. Mm -hmm. And then Rumsfeld's like, hey, old men like this, they never leave the house without their hair. This is prime evidence that there's foul play. There was a chair tipped over while he was watching TV. The movie was still playing, blah, 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 blah. They all leave. Ray kicks them out, uh, but not before... Miss, uh, was it Mr. Kopech that sees him writing the note like, hey, Walter, I have your dog. And yes, it's yeah. the uncle, uh, Ruben, I believe. Ruben does. Okay. That sees him writing the note, leaving it in there. And he's yelling out, Mrs. Klopek. <laughs> hey, Mrs. Klopek. Does he say Mrs.? He, yeah, he yeah. does say Mrs. That's yeah. hilarious. And then he just slams the window on him. Hey, Dana. Sorry. <laughs> and then we, we cut to, uh, I think it's Ray's basement where they're smoking cigars. It might be Art's. Um, but they're reading a book on demonology and Art's kind of walking him through his theory about how they're, they're doing sacrifices. They sacrifice Walter to Satan. Mutilations. Mutilations. Mutilations, Ray. Succubuses, mm -hmm. as he Succubuses. says. Uh, what does he say? Satan is good. Satan's our pal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Satan is good. That's Satan's what they're, they're chanting. And then and he says, Ray, you're chanting. They're getting in your head, buddy. They're getting in your head. Because so he's covering his ears going, no, nah, I'm not listening to you. And then Ray goes back to his wife uh, and, and shows her the demonology book. She's like, this is, this is fucking you ridiculous. Idiots. You guys are idiots. Let's just relax. Real, real nice vacation. She goes to the bathroom. He proceeds to try to watch a movie, but every time he clicks it, it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then it's The Exorcist. Uh, I, forget I don't what know the, what that first one was. Yeah, that the first old one, school sacrifice movie. I don't know. Movie, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm wondering if that was the movie that uh, Ricky asks if he's ever seen The Sentiment. The, it it's called The Sentinel. Sentinel. It's got a 19 meta score. Only, mm. only five critics. Interesting. But a 6.3 on IMDb. It's about a young woman moves into an apartment in a building which houses a sinister evil. It's not in black and white, though. So I don't think it's that movie. I was thinking that, too. That'd Interesting. Be, it'd be neat if it was, like, on the TV in the movie somewhere. Mm. Because uh, it looked like Walter had a horror movie playing on his TV as well, just to help with that vibe. But anyway, he takes, she's not having it at all. He, he falls asleep and he has a, a pretty vivid nightmare being sacrificed on a, that's a, it's one of the most iconic sequences in the film because he's on a like grill being sacrificed. So it's like a suburban sacrifice thing. Mm -hmm. Pretty neat iconography there. Uh, Art is playing the old ice cream serial killer skip. Uh, he does a pretty terrifying sweaty face laugh thing there. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the one shot of uh, Walter with the axe in his head, but he's holding Queenie, who has a tiny axe yeah. in Queenie's head. That was amazing. And then Henry Gibson comes out. Mind your business. And uh, Tommy, there will. And then he wakes up. <laughs> he just says, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he wakes up and he's watching Mr. Rogers. Another beautiful day in the neighborhood. He's just sitting there thinking, I'm going to play you someday. That's right. Mm -hmm. One day. I'm going to play you on the t on the, on this TV. I'm going to get nominated for an Oscar. Did he? Playing you. I'm pretty sure he did. I know that the documentary is amazing. Yeah. The, the movie's okay. Great. But I never saw the movie. 
Won't you be my neighbor? <laughs> I thought the documentary was going to be some like insidious thing about. You don't me. know the real truth about Fred Rogers. Yeah, that's what I'm used to these days. Like, oh my god, he used to like eat toothpaste or whatever. There's at least. an urban legend that he was like a hitman in the Marines and shit. Really, it's not true, but yeah, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Hadley Ho, neighbor, <laughs> and he like groats him. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he Ned Flanders? That's <laughs> basically what Fred Rogers. Hi, Leo. Um. Yeah, it's like you go and watch that documentary. Like, you won't believe the true story about Fred Rogers. He's so fucking nice. <laughs> He's actually exactly what you think, and yeah. a really nice fucking guy. Everyone loves him. <laughs> <laughs> he was a real gem. I'm honestly really sad he's gone. I know. I was yeah. crying like a baby. Any hoozle. Uh, this Ray, is the- Ray is seriously sipping some orange juice in the sequence after he wakes up. Like he's like, mm. I have a feeling it's a screwdriver. What mm. do you think? Maybe because in the next he's scene, on vacation. during his nap, he's got a solid six beer can sitting there. But that's when he finds out that he's grounded. But that's the midday nap. I mean, still yeah. by noon, by noon, he crushed six beers. Yeah, sure. Vacation. On vacation. Huh? Yeah. On vac- <laughs> on vacation. He did say he's going to drink about a hundred beers. <laughs> he's got a goal. He's yeah. going to keep it. Carol won't let him come out. And what's one of my favorite scenes of the movie where Rumsfeld and Art show <laughs> yeah. up to the deck and they're like, hey, Ray. And she, she, no, he's not allowed to come out until he resembles <laughs> the man that I married. And we don't have that kind of time, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> Art's best line in the, in the movie by far. Uh, just a, a great. And like the way that they leave all sad. And it's like just kicking. like. And they're like kicking the dirt. Cause you remember being a little kid and now I'd go over to, uh, they look like little kids. Cause Bruce Dern's dressed in his army. Always fatigue, got his camo. Yeah. And then art just looks like a, just a giant child from the little rascals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I can remember, uh, leaving my apartment complex. There was a suburb like uh, adjacent to it that my friend Nathan lived in. And I can remember like walking over there or even a couple streets down to try to get Caitlin or something. You didn't call anybody back then. You didn't have cell phones. Yeah. Just walked over, you just walk over like a straight, quarter mile or something and knocked on the door and then mom would answer sometimes. Oh no, he's not coming out today or whatever. And you're like, Oh, why are you being a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck Kathleen. <laughs> you, oh, and you just walk around sometime. I can remember one day just walking around in the rain after that. <laughs> do, do, I didn't want to go inside. <laughs> I wasn't even that sad. It was just like something to do. I wonder how wet I can get. <laughs> Turns out so wet. really wet. <laughs> I, I miss those days. That's actually a really fond memory I have of just being alone outside in the rain. I have a similar story where uh, a bunch of friends and I were just like, let's dig a hole. <laughs> <laughs> let's just dig a hole. So we dug this giant bathtub size hole. I miss my early 20s. And then it started raining <laughs> and we're like, let's sit, let's just sit in the hole and, until it fills up. <laughs> and realize it takes a long time for that to happen. Mm-hmm. So, it- and we were just muddy and wet and bored. <laughs> Just damp and muddy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Whose hole was that in your yard? That was in my friend's yard. Yeah, were, how, were their parents pissed? I don't know. Not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I never went there again. I never saw him again, actually. Yeah, I'm probably pretty mad about the hole being dug. Um, and this is where uh, he comes over. He wakes him up from his nap. He's got the six beers. He's really fucking pissed that he get woke up from his nap. And that's when Art tells him that their big plan was to write a note that says, we know what you've done and just slip it under the door of the Clopex. I flushed him out. I flushed him out. out. He's so proud of himself. That is a All I did was write a little note that said, I know what you've done and slid it under the door. <laughs> Not a big deal. But then Ray immediately thinks, hey, they saw me writing a note and giving it to Walter. They're going to blame it on me. 
in his best Tom Hanksy way. Uh, he like has this way of like ramping to a hundred yeah. in a split second in this movie. It's hysterical. It's, it's and, like, I'm just trying to take a nap. That's his like stick. Starts screaming. Like you think about uh, League of Their Own. You know, there's no crying in baseball. It's yeah. like this the Tom Hanks thing. It's yeah. really good. Yeah, he's the man at that. He's a, he's a king. You know what he's not the man at? Playing Elvis's manager. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> this was, was with him this is a story about two orphans <laughs> Elvis it. and his other equally famous manager I hated, hated that movie so much tell me his name Elvis everyone remembers his name <laughs> did you watch the movie is that all from the trailer no. I, I really want to watch it I, just I hope you love it Andy it. it's on HBO Max man what are you doing with your life watch this shit he opened his mouth in that trailer and immediately was like not watching that. I cannot. That movie's going to be four hours long, and I cannot listen to that voice for four hours. It feels every bit of six hours long. Uh, the whole time throughout the scene, his dog's got a bone. What's his dog named? Vince or something? Vince. Mm-hmm. Vince has got or, a bone. Sorry, Victor. Victor. Are you I sure? I Vince. I'm like, oh, maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, my iPad auto corrected Vince to Victor because it's a little sassy you know. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, I think he meant Victor. It's a way cuter name. That's what I would name a puppy. But Vince has got a femur, a human femur they find out. So now that's that's hard evidence. Things kind of, and as soon as they realize it might be Walter's femur, they do this (laughs) rapid zoom in and zoom out thing for an extendedly long time. We need more of those in movies. I wish we did. Yeah, It's so funny. Just I'm just picturing the camera operator just like, maddening like zooming in and out and well it was its own guy right like the pull focus guy is a different guy right so it was just all right now's your chance yeah. ray so, like the, the ac <laughs> zoom in and zooming out uh and then they one of the clopex throws the note that they left in the house back over the fence and uh shit escalates from there right this is when carol takes charge she decides we just need to go over there and talk to him the ladies take charge we're gonna make she grabs brownies. bonnie she they make brownies they get mr rumsfeld uh art's not allowed to come she's very clear about that for good reason and they bring ray well i don't know i mean you couldn't really get any more like confrontational than mr rumsfeld that's yeah, true for real. but um that's got the crap you kill people, you, you put them in the basement. But you don't want to have a guy who's potentially confrontational and then a second guy who's, who's potentially going through their fridge. Yeah. yeah, who knows what's in that fucking fridge. Yeah. This is one of the scenes that terrified me as a kid. It is just so extremely uncomfortable. It is very uncomfortable. And I was a very picky eater. And the whole sardine on the pretzel. <laughs> That's the horror. For handed you. to you by the ginger in the tank top, right? Like, it's just like, not that I have anything that against just gingers. just looks moist. But yeah, he just, in general, Hans does not look like a clean person. He's yeah. a, It's the same shirt we saw him in last week. Mm-hmm. And the sardine, my dad ate sardines. Like, what the fuck, man? I'll, it just, it wasn't a good thing. This scene's terrifying to me to this day. <laughs> to this day. I'll, I'll eat an anchovy. If it's on a pizza, I won't. Do I, I don't prefer sardines, it. Sardines like f- full like that, like yes. Bone my and dad all? would take the can. He would like do the. T- you, you like roll the top of the can open. It's got this little pen in it. It's fucking bizarre. <laughs> yeah. And then he would put them on crackers, and eat them wow. like that. He didn't put them on pretzels. No. Oh. Like I like fish, but I don't know if I like bone well, and fin. It's supposed to be like real fragile. You know. Yeah, they're just a little fragile, but like your bones, Still. Steve. Real brittle, like oh, Steve that's bones. That's true. <laughs> I, like I, bones. I bumped into the sofa yesterday and broke my spine. <laughs> that's why I've been sitting here yeah. all day. I love thin mints, but my they're too big for my esophagus. So each one's like a little death cookie. Um, 
But yeah, they let themselves in basically because <laughs> Uncle Ruben opens or no, uh, uh, Hans lets them in. They kind of walk in and Hans doesn't know what to do. Hans almost seems scared that they're there. Oh, oh he's yeah. scared of the women. The women are like, he's like, oh, because remember, uh, Bonnie touches him at one point and he just like panics. Yeah. He's never been around a woman before. Well, and uh, Blumsfeld uh, like kind of like. Over, I, don't, I was going to say overpower, but he doesn't do that. But like invade, he's invades he's his personal assertive, space yeah. and he's assertive and kind he's of like backs him off and stuff. Plus he's got his fatigues on. He's got his whole and like, he's like, he's got a whole LBJ vibe to him in the scene. He wears his like whole uh, ceremonial military outfit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he's there for business. Yeah, that's right. That's what yeah. he does. This is an event. Um, And yeah, so they, you know, Ruben's very rude, uh, very obviously doesn't want them there. Hans is just kind of scared and quiet. They eventually get the pretzels or whatever until finally they mention their brother, the doctor. Um, so the whole dynamic Ruben sets up is, Hey, I live here with my nephew. My brother is the doctor. The doctor. Uh, why don't you ask him yourself? And then, uh, and not a TARDIS to be seen. That's when it's the, very sad. It's when the doctor comes out, baby. And it's not David Tennant. It is not. No. It's just a pathologist, a very well-respected pathologist. Mm-hmm. We find out later and that, that's Henry Gibson, right? Yes. Uh, and he was in the Wedding Crashers, correct? Yeah, he was the father <laughs> of Wedding Crashers. Yes. Yeah. Andy and Steve both re- recently watched the Wedding Crashers. Uh, he's, in, he's in there. Uh, so he's actually kind of, I don't want to say charismatic, but almost. I mean, he's pretty, he's yeah. the most normal of the bunch. Clearly the ringleader. As someone Still who's never seen this German movie, accent. Yeah, as someone who's never seen this movie before, I thought they were going to like, oh, this is a secret Nazi scientist. That's mm-hmm. what this is. Oh, okay. So there, at no point did you guys think, the, nothing weird's going on. This is all the comedy of this movie is that it's the. No, I did. Oh, I you did. did. Okay. Cause yeah. that's the vibe I got the first time I watched it. I thought that was the whole point. Yeah. I thought there was going to be some reveal like, Oh, we've been curing cancer down here. Yeah. <laughs> like what, what they, wow. they have been doing something weird, but it's <laughs> been like, Oh, it's not actually a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. Right. But nothing illegal for sure. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, no, definitely dumpster diving for sure. <laughs> that's the vibe I got. I love the whole scene when he's eating the sardine though. I mean, he eats it so slow. It's amazing. So, and they, they linger on it and in the shot, it's just uncle Ruben sitting there just glaring at him and it he's makes so it so too. awkward. And he's just do it, do it. All the while Rumsfeld's just snooping. He's like ripping wallpaper off the walls and looking around, knocking on things, knocking on pipes. <laughs> he just rips wallpaper off the wall, like a foot of it. Yeah. He's all about the business. Um, so his name is Werner Klopek, the doctor. And then he shakes Ray's hand. We think it's blood. The scene cuts. Turns out it's just paint when it cuts back. Um, and the whole time, by the way, we should say Art is in the backyard, right? He's been helped by Ricky over the fence, over the tripwire. He's out there. I don't even know what the fuck he's doing. I guess he's supposed to be digging. I think he's digging, looking for the body. Because they hit him in the head with a Maddox. Yeah. But he's not doing anything. He's like sitting on the ground when it cuts back yeah, to him. I don't him. know what he's doing there. Never. He's a useless guy, right? I think he was looking for more bones. That's right. That's what he's supposed to be doing. Um, and then Rumsfeld's like, hey, I'm, I'm tired of this polite crap. He, What's in the basement? He, he causes Ray to spill his coffee when he says, I know you killed Walter. Uh, and then he goes to the bathroom and he thinks that's the bathroom. He opens the, the door and their dog comes running out. I forget the dog's name. It's something Landrew. Weird. Landrew? It's whatever Marmaduke is. What is Marmaduke? The worst movie of 2022. Time to Google I hear. that. Here we go. Marmaduke. He's Great Dane. Did we mention I knew it. He's Great Dane. Werner says uh, that they've had to move four times in as many years, and they're about to have to go. You did or did Did not? Did not. So, yeah, we're about to have to move again, and we got to go to the university tomorrow to talk about yet another transfer. That's his cover story. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we've killed too many in this area. We got to roll out. 
if it weren't for you meddling kids. Um, Carol calls Art a tuna neck. I took note of that in the next scene. What is that? I don't know. It's not a good thing. You don't want to be a tuna neck. Mm. At no point in your life do you want Carrie Fisher to look at you and say, tuna neck. You tuna neck? Never. That's the worst thing to ever happen to anybody. Is that because he just ate a sardine? But Ray pretend no, because Ray ate the sardines. Oh, sorry. Ray pretends to have gone over to his wife's side and, and thinking that the, the Klopex are innocent. And he's very manipulative in this scene. And he says, honey, I want to talk to the boys alone in the den for a second. Mm-hmm. Presumably to like, hey, calm down, guys. Yeah. You're upsetting my wife. That's, just, that's what she thinks he's doing. But he's in there like, hey, guys, I found the toupee that belongs to Walter and a stack of Walter's magazines in the house. Well, you left out the awesome part where they're like, all right, Ray, you need to just take your balls out of your wife's purse. And then he like starts <laughs> yeah. to reach up and is like, whoa, whoa, whoa that was just like an Finger of speech. <laughs> he pulls out the toupee. He's like, you've had that in your pants this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I thought he was just going to whip his sack out on him, show him what a man he was, like you do. You Anybody ever like question my wife's purse? <laughs> Here they are. My man purse. Hanging. Look at it. From my body. Uh, anywho. So. But he says that he found the toupee with a bunch of Walter's magazines and stuff. And right. I was like, yeah, they're, they're getting his mail. Yeah. <laughs> hundred percent. That's what's yeah. happening. Uh, and this, this whole plan is that, Hey, the clip, the clip X said they were leaving tomorrow. I'm going to make sure that my wife's out of town and then I'm going to go over there and I'm not going to stop until I find a body. Cause nobody's going to, you know, do this in my neighborhood. Right. No one knocks off an old man in my neighborhood and gets away. With That's it. right. As, as I would say, you same. Would. Yep. Ditto. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. What old man? Who's Walter? <laughs> yeah. You've lived here for three years, Chris. I, that I, house would have blown up. If I lived on the street, the first I would know anything was happening was when the house blew up. Yeah. Huh? Like what? That actually happened to me. Not the house didn't blow up. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> No, look at this. Yeah. This is how little I go outside. I'm going to share this with the, the YouTube folks as well, if I can find it. It was pretty recent. I don't know why I couldn't. Yes, it's right here. So I go, I'm playing God of War Ragnarok. Phenomenal game, right? As you do. I start smelling smoke and I'm like, you don't want the smoke. <laughs> I didn't cook anything this evening. We haven't lit in candles in months because she's always upstairs with the baby and stuff. We're always upstairs with the baby together. Uh, I'm downstairs for once. We definitely didn't light a candle. What the fuck? I, I go around the entire house. I go to the basement. I'm trying to find like a gas leak, all this stuff. I'm trying to, I'm the man. I got to protect the mm-hmm. house, right? I yeah. Protect the house. It's your prerogative. I'm like, I can't find the source. I'm going to go back to playing my video game. <laughs> but then I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Gave up easily. Actually. And I see a flicker outside i opened my front door and you guys can see my neighbor's car oh my god is engulfed in flames jesus christ yeah neighbor's car here i'm gonna play is the flames flickering it's good engulfed in flames youtube (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know who that i don't know that what their name is (laughs) so so you you, didn't say you open the door take a video of it and then close your door and go back to playing (laughs) Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> I definitely closed that fucking door. <laughs> Somebody else will handle this. Oh, it looks like someone else's problem. <laughs> Time for me to go back inside and play video well, games. Well, I mean, the very, I mean, there was seconds later, there were fire trucks and ambulances and stuff, and nobody was in the car. And if they were, what was I going to do? <laughs> so would it have changed something if there was someone in the car like you? Chris, my neighbor, help, <laughs> help me. And you're yes. like, I'll be right there, buddy. I got to find a safe, <laughs> safe point. <laughs> I would have gotten them out of the car. I knew there was no one in the car and there was help on the way. 
I just said, I have an, a real world instance of this and evidence that that is how I would be. <laughs> I wouldn't know until the house. I'm making up. fun of you. I would have done the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. like, oh God. That's my deep dark secret. I'm like, Oh damn. My only reaction to that was an extra lock was turned on my door. <laughs> <laughs> that'll keep the fire out <laughs> I don't want none of that so the Clopex do in fact leave and they have this whole plan where they're going to cut the wires to the house to stop the uh, sirens and alarms from going off or at least that's Art and Rumsfeld's plan Art climbs the pole he acts like he's an expert in this he's definitely not he's all scared when he gets to the yeah. top like oh he cuts the right wire if you want to shut off the power to the entire town and shocks the shit out of himself gets launched off into the like tool shed or shack mm-hmm. below. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this hilariously, he's like, look at my fingers. His fingernails are all black. <laughs> look at my his, fingers. his fillings are hot. He can hardly stand. Uh, that would have killed him. Of course, there's a lot of yeah. voltage running through up there, but I love the art shaped hole that he leaves mm-hmm. behind. <laughs> Such a cartoony thing. Yeah. It's just like a man shaped hole in the top of the roof. Um, but it does work for shutting off the alarm system. So Ray goes in, Art goes with him. And then uh, Rumsfeld's just up on the roof with his animal crackers and all of his like military gear, uh, a full ass rifle for some reason. Mm. His, his job is to be the lookout. He's got walkie talkies and shit. So one of my Red like, Rover, Red Rover, Ray. I don't know why he's done. <laughs> it's all about the code words, man. He's just watching them do what they were already doing. And then he's like, nice. nice. <laughs> Listen to me. Nailed it. One of my, one of my deepest fears. So I am not afraid of heights. But I am of am afraid of being on a roof, especially a roof that has a steep angle to it. Yeah. So when he, when he falls, when Mark is just when he's like walking around on that roof, I was like, I'm getting a little sweaty. <laughs> My armpits are a little sweaty. I don't like this because because you can't hold on to anything up there. You slip, you're dead. Right? No. I don't, I don't know how he's not dead after yeah. he fell. <laughs> you're not dead. There there was a time where I had to go. Didn't you just fall off your roof? Uh, no. What? <laughs> I thought you fell. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I had to get up on my roof like a few months ago when I fell for some reason. No, um, no, I, I am afraid of heights and I fucking hate it. I hate getting on roofs. Uh, my biggest thing is like being on the roof is fine, but getting from the ladder onto the roof and more importantly, getting from the roof back onto the ladder, roof back to the ladder is tough. That sucks. But like I have this vivid memory of, um, I had to go on the roof. My brother who's mean to me sometimes wanted me to go on the roof at our old house to help him with something. And I was petrified to the point where I'm like, I'm like chest on the ground, just like gripping the roof. Like I'm not moving. I can't go anywhere. And he's fucking doing backflips and shit off the different levels of the roof. Like, Hey, what's do 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 do. Yeah. I wish I could be like that. Dude, I have a buddy that just like dislocated his shoulder. Like he was climbing up under a roof and the ladder went out from under. Oh, it was Wayne that fell. Yeah. He like grabbed onto the gutter and like dislocated his shoulder and stuff. He had a coworker that fucking like fell and cracked his skull and shit. Like shit is dangerous for sure. Well, yeah, they fall a lot. I used to have to work with my dad when I was like 17 and he did commercial construction. And so, you know, we'd have to go up like a 50 foot ladder and then to another ladder type shit and getting back on it is the, and when, when the ladder, a full extension ladder is extended all the way, it wiggles. It is very precarious feeling toward the top. Yeah. And it's like, cause you're on the flimsy part that slides off the other part of the ladder. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I was like, dad. And then he's like, that's just what it does at that height. Keep going. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't like this at all. <laughs> but he would always hold it at the bottom. Cause that's, that's the danger is that the ladder will Slip, fall away from about, you. Yeah. yeah. Um, any hoozle. 
Yeah. Very scary stuff. My but pits are sweating talking about it, I Steve. <laughs> if you guys should watch the movie Fall. My pits are cold. No. It colder right it now. It is so effective. It is crazy. Mm. That movie made me sweat bullets. It's a really good thriller, especially mm. if you have uh, a fear of heights, Andy. Mm -hmm. I would check it out. Mm -hmm. That was the type of uh-huh from someone who's like, <laughs> never. No. Yeah. Cool. Not going to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. So they break into the basement. There's a giant. After they dig for a while and there's no bones to be found. And you can clearly see that Art has been doing zero digging and Ray's pretty pissed about it. Uh, and they, But they go down in the basement and the furnace has like a, it's this giant, ancient, scary looking furnace. It even has like a little devil on it. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. Mm -mm. Very obviously awesome. something uh, evil one up to no good. One man's furnace is a sacred thing. So that's what they've been doing down there. They've been turning the furnace on was all that whizzing and, and whacking I, and noise. I did like the little joke when they're trying to break into the back door and Tom Hanks is like, hey, give me a, give me a credit card and all of art's cards are melted together from being electric. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. There's <laughs> tiny little subtle things that they do. I didn't even notice that on this watch. Yeah. Really? All his cards are melted together. All of his cards are melted together. So he can't get one for him. That's why he eventually gets his own cards. Cause art, Arts are melting. And you together. can't and credit breaks you, and art is like that store sucks anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't you can't credit card a deadbolt. That's not how that works. Yeah. You can do it with the door locks, but anyway. Uh so he ends up just breaking the window, and that's a little a step too far for art, but he goes in anyway. Uh, that's how they get to the store. in the kitchen. I bet they have beer. And that's when Rumsfeld, Rumsfeld <laughs> falls from the roof because Ricky's like, I was the Rumsfeld, because he's got all his friends coming over because it's like his party every night is to watch the neighborhood go crazy. Uh, which scares the shit out of uh, Mark, and apparently. He, and he falls seemingly not to his death. That was a really good stunt fall. Dude, like, for that real. looked real as hell. There were, there were three really good stunt falls from his character specifically. There was the hose getting clothesline oh, yeah. back down. There's the fall here. And then oh, when, when, he he tackles slips, Hans. when he tackles Hans, like that was like, oh shit. That's yeah, a it just looked real. Tackle. Yeah. yeah, that fall was really well done. Uh, and that's when he gets up. And at some point, Ricky's like, uh, all his friends say they're going to go get some McD's. I'm going to run a McD's, which is McDonald's for those who don't know. And uh, he says, no, I called the pizza dude. And everybody's really hyped about that. And for the rest of the movie, all he does is tell everybody that he called the pizza dude. I called the pizza dude. I mean, he's not wrong. He that, seemingly ordered 500 pizzas. He's got a bunch of friends there. And you know, when you're in your early twenties, you get a little buzz on, you can smash a whole pizza by yourself. That's true. I know I can, I can do it right now. I can do it right now. <laughs> That's right. I'm don't, kinda, don't threaten me with a good time. I kind of want to. Uh, and then the Klopeks return. They see that somebody's in their basement with the light on and they back out and they turn their headlights off and then back out quietly. Uh, and that's when we see Walter come home in his station wagon. As soon as Ray finds something metal in the basement and like arts like, Oh, he's so fucking excited. And he runs outside. It's a crypt. We found Walter. Yeah, I hit metal. It, it must be a crypt. Like it, it makes no sense. I immediately knew. I thought it was a water main the first time I watched it, but whatever. Um, but yeah, Walter's home. Everybody gets horrified. Ray's not answering the walkie-talkie. Uh, and then right behind Walter, revealing that they're in there for no reason, you see the Klopex return again, this time with a with coppers. Mm -hmm. With cops. As, uh, which I thought was out of his character. Rumsfeld's a patriot. He probably loves cops. He's got the flag. He's got his fatigues. But he said coppers like he was, he was a 1930s gangster, you know? <laughs> but maybe he's like a libertarian patriot guy. He might be, yeah. You know, he's anti-establishment, but he's pro-military. I don't know. Maybe. I want a whole movie digging into the mind of Mr. Rumsfeld. Yeah, there needs to be a Rumsfeld. I want the prequel. How did he meet Bonnie? And why does she put up with that shit? For real. <laughs> yeah. Because Bonnie can have real. anybody in that cul-de-sac. Mm -hmm. In the world. <laughs> no, nah, just. Oh, that was the joke. <laughs> in the world. You love Bonnie. Uh, and that's when he hits a gas line. 
You can so much gas that it's, it's blowing the mud and the water out of the way. Uh, he immediately knows it's a gas line, goes running. He doesn't quite get out of the pit, though. Uh, and, and Art just leaves him, yeah. leaves him in the dust, runs outside. All the cops and shit are out there at this point. The whole family's out there. The Kopex are out there. The house explodes. This is where I, as the other neighbor, would realize something was amiss. Pause my game and glance outside. <laughs> What's going on out there? Lock my door again. I'll lock it again. Videotape it. And then Third lock. lock. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to get to bed on time tonight. There's firemen out there. Oh, They're I hope this keep doesn't. keep me up all night. This oh. is so inconvenient for me. We forgot yeah. to mention the little touch where that giant pile of trash is in the middle of the street <laughs> the for whole the movie. rest of the movie. Yeah, it's such a good gag. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, and then there's this whole scene where Ray, uh, what, what did I say? Ray? Ray lives. Oh, Ray lives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love, Ray lives. I love that the house blows up and then Ray does that like just thousand yard stare shuffle yeah. out of the house. He's kind of smoking from him. He does great physical comedy where he's able to like slide he, on like, the tip of the steps. Falls down the he, steps like, real fast. It's so cool. Yeah. That's really hard to do. Yeah. He's got his like pants blown out and half his hair is missing. All that shit. He's swole shut. Just completely dazed with his entire existence at this point. His wife pulls up like what's going on and she goes and sees him and he says, oh, you cut your hair. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing he says when he sees her. I was actually touched by that. It looks really nice, honey. It made me sad because mm-hmm. she, you know, I don't know. I've talked about this exact feeling on the show before. It was one of my worst things in the world where like at the moment when you're at your lowest, somebody and you fucked up, you're the cause of it. And somebody you love is being really kind to you. It feels terrible because you're like, oh, I could be just enjoying this instead of at my lowest point. Had I not done that. Right. Yeah. Right. Like when I was a kid, I vandalized the house and I got caught by the cops and I called my mom and she was like, hi, honey. Dude, it destroyed me. Right. That's what this scene reminded me of, you know? She's like, what's going on? He's like, I like your hair. And I was like, oh. Because she, she, she says like, what did they do to you? Yeah. That's what made me so sad. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's in so much trouble. Oh, <laughs> he should have just stayed in the house and drink the beers. Should have went golfing. Uh, but he saved some future people's lives by doing this actually. Damn it. He did. So the whole scene is made to make you think that they were all crazy this whole time and that the Klopex are innocent. We find out he's a pathologist. Uh, Ray respected one at that. Well-respected one. The cop's very clear about that. Ray loses his shit on art because he sees him as the cause, the catalyst of all of this pain and misery. You jackass eating all my food all the time, tries to choke him out like three times. Does it like, where it's, are the lunatics? Yeah. It's, it's a great scene. Cause it, it is a great way to kind of, cause that's how I kind of feel there. Like my, the woman who lives across the street from my mom is a total like busybody. Like I've literally caught her, uh, with binoculars looking out her upstairs window at other neighbors from inside. Yeah. Her house. I, I hate that shit. And she like, if anything happens on the street, she's always like out there with her hands and her hips, like surveying, like she's the supervisor of the street. And I've always felt people who are like that. You're fucking crazy. Why are you so mm-hmm. into other people's business? And so when he's going off on that, I'm like, yeah, like that's how I feel about a lot of people who live in suburbs. It's like, you're weird if you're like inserting yourself in other people's lives so much. Yeah. Mind your biz. Yeah. Mind your biz. Mind it. Mind your birds. All right, guys, I'll get rid of the binoculars. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not a big deal, Andy. Just, scope me. You do you. <laughs> scope me. Um, yeah. So shit keeps spiraling down until Ray eventually has a complete nervous breakdown, jumps on the gurney. He throws it into the back of the ambulance and jumps on it. Yeah. I love that. Take me to the hospital. <laughs> Carol's like, you okay? He says, yeah, yeah. I'm fine, Carol. 
<laughs> she's I'm the, fine. She's the best wife of all time. Like I, she's, she's, I'm going to find out what hospital they're taking you to. She should be all. filing for divorce. And for instead real. she's like, cause he's got like multiple like felony charges pending at this point. Yeah. She's like, oh, I guess I'll find out what hospital to, to go to and I'll meet you there. And I'll raise our son by myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but in the, in the ambulance, uh, Verna, Klopek sneaks in. Hans is driving. He confesses for no reason whatsoever to the murder of the Naps because he assumes that Ray has seen the skulls, but he has in fact not. A comedy of errors, perhaps. And, and he has to be dealt with. And he's got a nefarious looking uh, mystery liquid in a in a weirdly and an old, old syringe. Needle that has like the little finger yeah, holes. The kind that you like fill your own goop with. It's yeah. not like a what? Hold Ew. on. No, 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 no. You need to break down this own goop thing. I mean, any kind of home-brewed medicine you might want to put in a syringe like that. They don't come pre-filled. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Nice. I'm picking up. You Once you, you use saved it, yourself. this is the type of <laughs> syringe that you change the needle, but you keep the tank is what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. Most all hospitals nowadays use those throw away syringes and the biohazard bags. But yeah, so if Ray finds out he's not crazy, he he very masterfully wrestles uh, the needle away from himself, but also while wrestling Hans, the driver, causes the ambulance um, ultimately to crash into Art's house. Mm-hmm. Almost hits the pizza dude who finally oh. shows up. But he does spill the pizzas. Pizza! Mm-hmm. And there, no, no, there's I, an, there's I love an, that ADR Corey line. Feldman's ADR going, pizza dude! <laughs> as soon as the pizzas <laughs> fall out. Um, that's a great line. Pizza dude! Yeah, and then the Mr. Klopak and Ray end up sliding on the gurney down the down the street in front of everybody into the Klopak's car. The trunk pops open. Corey Feldman's like, yo, there's a bunch of fucking bodies back here, yo. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the movie. Pretty much he's a hero. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, we do have a really fun um, where uh, Ray and Carol are walking back and they're like, you know what? We're Let's, let's go to the cabin. Let's get away from him. And he points at Art. And <laughs> Art's like, where are you guys going? I love that line where... Let's go to the, the Bolarama. Have a few beers. Yeah. <laughs> but then the ambulance is has caught fire now art art's house is on fire like art your your wife's home and your house is on fire and he whips around and goes my wife's home because <laughs> that's the worst of the two to him yeah and it's such a great line that is that is such a microcosm of who he is as a yeah. person well i loved uh him saying wait you you can, it's a big media event now Geraldo Geraldo rivera is coming to excavate it and he was the one that like famously went into al capone's vaults on tv it's like huge publicized thing oh, and there yeah. was nothing in them <laughs> so like that was a nice little touch so, yeah basically like you're oh, there, there was nothing all along like that was like kind of played on the theme yeah i thought that was really cool very touch. deep cut andy yeah. very cool very cool. So all in all, thank you to Kate. Uh, yeah, thanks, Kate. For for making us watch The Burbs. Very good way to mm. use your patron status. Loved it. Yeah, we got a bunch of these coming up uh, in the near future. Yeah, what's what's? I know Silence of the Lambs is coming down the pipeline. There is Silence of the Lambs. I'm just going to give you a couple, a couple of these films that we have coming down the pipe. We got The Burbs, Evolution. Do you remember that movie? Yeah, oh, yeah. the David Duchovny movie? Yeah, yeah, dude. Class Action Park. Train to Busan. Oh, I cannot oh, wait for those. Grind, Tombstone, Robin Hood, Men in Tight, Silence of the Lambs, Barb and Star go to Vista del Mar, mm, oh, Confessions shit. of the Dangerous Mind, A Night at the Opera. That'll be interesting to watch. Confessions mm. of a Dangerous Mind. I haven't seen that in so long. It's going to be a good one. The Outfit and Fifth Element. 
I love the outfit. And then for there my are there are a year. couple of TBAs. If you were a TBA, give me your suggestion so I can put it on the list. You know, should we do? Are we doing them in order? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Because that's yeah. That's the order that when, they, when, when they're you, owed it sooner. Yeah, when you sign yeah. up, then you you put it. I was in just queue. saying, it might be a fun game where we like put them in a hat and we're just like, eh, what are we gonna watch today? But it's fun. Nah, they're, they're in a queue. Yeah. Queue, baby. Line. Queue, not the app. This is the classic definition of the word queue. <laughs> yeah. James um, Bond. So what's next? What's literally next? What's the next movie? Yeah. Well, technically it's a TBA. So okay. <laughs> we oh. will find out. Yeah, we will find out. I have messaged that person to so that they send their. The request in post haste. So we can TB it. Yeah. So we, yeah. So we can TB no, it. We have to A it. Ew, <laughs> I don't like any of this. Well, thank you so much to everybody for listening to our coverage of the burbs next week. We've definitely got uh, Harry Potter and the chamber of secrets coming down the pipeline. Hell A yeah. couple of mystery things. I'm not sure. I haven't worked that out yet. I haven't really worked that out yet, but definitely. Do you think Monday we're going to do, are we going to watch Harry Potter for Sunday? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have to watch Harry Potter before Sunday so we can record it for the week. Mm-hmm. Yes. But yeah. I mean, are we going to drop that on Monday? I don't know. We were going to talk about it. We don't fucking know. That's, Harry, not, how we, that's not how we do set, things. We've kind of set the bar to make it the Wednesday episode, but. That's what I was thinking in my yeah. head on the way over here. I don't think our bars matter. Yeah. I drop bars. I'm yeah. about to spit some right now. That's all the time we have right now. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this was Streaming Things. I love you all so much. Happy streaming. You hip cats. You hip cats. Lock the door. Get off my car, you hip cats. Here's all the new patrons that we got in November. New, new. New, new. In the Try Before You Deny Man uh, category, we have Emmy. Thank you, Emmy. New to Marty B's VIP section, we have Carl DiMartino and Sean Kerrigan. Oh, we know where the party happens in the VIP section. Mm -hmm. In the Chocolate Pudding Producers, we have Laura Hardwick, Adam Jett, Jane McMillan, Katie, Alexandra Cordova. Good luck. Silja Hiljet Skatshim. I am very sorry. I, that's obviously uh, you know, Icelandic, maybe? Maybe. Or Norwegian, maybe? Maybe. Anyway, sorry for butchering that, but I tried really hard. I think it's ruder to not try. That's my yeah, opinion. Yeah, try before you deny. Yes, right. Try before you deny. What if Silja Hiljet Skatshim is a little girl, man? <laughs> <laughs> Cheyenne Bragg, Aaron Carr, Christy Ellens, Aaron, Toby Sands, Keenan Chu, Victor Weaver, Tina Gomez, SJ Dog 21, Kaylin Swift, Sharon Linden, Josh Seidel, Zoe Schubert, Andrew Diaz, Jada Haley, Nick and Aaron B. Thank you, Nick and Aaron B. And everyone else you said. I don't know why I specifically said their name. Mm-hmm. And in the Friends Don't Lie producers, we have Megan Stolarski, April Palmore Sullivan. Thank you so much at Friends Don't Lie. And we've got some people who upgraded what? newest to the Try Before You Deny producers is Jeanette Murphy. Hey. And and recently joining Marty's B- and recently joining Marty B's VIP section is Jacob Schleer and Trisha Bueller. This section is open to all. Bueller. 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 Trisha Bueller. I'm sure I've she's never heard that joke. Never at all. No, never. There's no way in hell. <laughs> she's she's, heard, no one's ever been that clever. Now she's going to hear it four times this month. At least. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to everybody. Woo. Woo.